Hey everyone and welcome to the Top Romp Show. I'm here with Beatrice and Beatrice, I'm looking forward to this episode. Thanks for coming on and just to get started, want to hear just a little bit about you and, and your dating history if you don't mind. Sure, thanks for having me. Uh, so I am what's known as or used to be what's known as a serial monogamous. <laughs> I was in three long-term relationships from the ages of 15 to 25. My longest one lasting six years, and we actually lived together. And then um, that ended, and now I'm in my first open relationship. It's still pretty new, and it's been really interesting, to say the least. I bet. <laughs> Uh, okay, wow. I, so before we get into that, because I think that's a topic that interests a lot of people, myself included, can you talk a little bit about the, the three serious relationships you were in? You said one is six years. Can you break that down kind of by age, like how long each one was and what and how old you are you were for each, just to give us some context? Yes. Uh, so my first relationship, I was 15 and I was with the person for a little under a year, like we were 11 months-ish. Okay. Um, so and that, then, that was more of like your traditional kind of high school type relationship, would you say? Yes, right. yes. Um, it was a really toxic relationship and I'm really glad that I walked away from it. It did teach me a lot about the things that I deserve um, as a woman in a relationship moving forward. And then when I turned, so then my next relationship actually jumped in really quickly. I was 16 and I was with that person for two years. And um, yeah, I got really close with his family. I'm still really good friends with his family. Um, and he and I are still good friends. We were just oh, wow. very young and immature. Um, <laughs> and right. that was more like college-y time, college age. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then the next person, I was um, 18, going on 19, and that, that was the six-year one. We met in college towards, I think we met my junior year, yeah, going to senior year, or no, sophomore going to junior year, and uh, he was definitely the one that I grew up with. We ended when I was 25. Okay, uh, we lived why, together. Why, why did that uh -huh. end? Sorry for cutting you off. How, no, okay. why, why did that one end? Um, basically, I started to find myself. So fun fact about me, I do pole dancing. Oh, wow. I'm, a, I'm a special ed teacher and I also do pole dancing and I was a pole dance instructor for a bit. But I, my entire life, my life, my friends have all been my partner's friends. I think when you get into relationships that serious when you're so young, you tend to just become like, you, you tend to become attached to that person. And For through sure. pole, I started forming my own community. And he got, got to a point where he just didn't know where he fit into my life anymore. And I just couldn't see us staying together any longer. And we just decided it would be best to end things. And we ended up living together for four months after the breakup. Oh, boy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> can, I, can I ask why? Was it just simply a logistics reason? Yes. New York City is very expensive. Right. And we were trying to figure out how to get out of the lease and find a place to go. And we both ended up having to just move back home with our parents. And I've been home with my mom since. And so he's been with right. his mom. What, was, mm -hmm. it a, was it a civil breakup? Like, obviously, no breakup is, is fun and, and beautiful. But was it a lot of fighting or, or was it kind of 
civil for the most part? It started off as civil, and then the fact that we were still together in the space and we didn't have a chance to fully move on right away, right. it started causing tension, and we started becoming, um, well, we like to say petty. So <laughs> we would start kind of doing things to get on each other's nerves, and we started fighting, and it got really bad. And that's why after the a uh, certain amount of time, I was like, I don't care what happens with this lease. We need to go. And right. he called the moving truck, and two days later, he helped me move, and then he moved himself out. Right. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely would think that in terms of a breakup – uh, I mean, the healthiest thing you can do is have some separate separation. So without that, I can definitely see how that could lead to some difficulty. Um, can you? So let, let's go back a little bit to you. You said you're a serious uh, serial monogamist. Yes. Can you speak a little bit, maybe, about why or, or what you like about it, or why you think you have always been that way? Um, I think it's just growing up, it was always ingrained in me. I'm from a very traditional immigrant Dominican family. We're Catholic. So it was always, um, the goal was always marriage, right? You don't right. enter into a relationship unless it's going to lead to something. So with that in my mind, I went into any, anytime I met someone, I went into it thinking, oh, is this someone I could see myself with long term? If not, I kept it moving. So I never casually dated. Right. Um, and so I would just get with this person and it would just evolve into something bigger. And next thing you know, it's like, I love you. Our family's right. me. And it's just, I still am in touch with the family members of those, uh, past from the, of those past three partners. Right. So it, it got really intense really fast. I think I also am kind of an introvert. And I don't like putting myself out there. I don't like wasting my energy and my time. So being with someone that, you know, they're consistently and it's comfortable, it feels safe. I think I always gravitated towards that. Okay, great. And in terms of the gaps between those three relationships, were they long amounts of time? Were you dating a lot of people in between or was it shorter periods and and, you know, you kind of found the next guy, quote unquote, you know, pretty quickly or easily. Yeah, it was the latter. It was <laughs> just, it just happened. Um, one thing about me is I, I do tend to attract a lot of people just because my friends, not me, not I, my friends call it the Beatrice effect. <laughs> okay. They like to say, if you have a problem with Beatrice, it's your fault. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I, I am someone who, even though I am an introvert, I do just love meeting new people. And um, I do like to, I'm a very nurturing person. And right. I think, you know, that kind of makes it easier to have someone say, hey, why don't we try this? So it's always been within my circles. I've always met these people through friends of friends or just they happen to be, you know, working with me. It's not like I had to go out and find someone. It just was someone right. was always around. Yeah. Okay. And, and do you notice any patterns? This is a question I'm asking on behalf of all the guys out there. What is it that really, you know, or I guess it's a few things. What is it that you're looking for in guys and or what is it about the guys that you've been with that uh, really kind of appealed to you or kind of pulled you in? Uh, well, they were all Dominican. So um, right. culturally, 
It was very easy. They spoke Spanish. They could communicate with my mother who doesn't speak English. Um, and I think the main part is they were just, they were safe guys. Um, because that was what I was always told. You find someone who's good, who's a family man. And it was just that sense of like, what well, I, I have very little doubt that they would step out on me. Right. Um, so, so sorry, by, by safe, can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, it's safe in the sense that I knew that if we were to build a future together, you know, we I would be taken care of, they'd be around for the kids. So I always thought like long term. Right. <laughs> and I I do kind of regret that because I feel like I would have had a lot more experiences. A lot of I, I think there's value in having different experiences when it comes to dating. So uh, Right. So yeah. so when you say you you mean you may regret having spent so much time in serious relationships because you could have experienced some other experiences? Yes, because after I broke up with my last boyfriend, getting out there was really difficult. Um, and I right. tried dating and I tried online dating, closed all my accounts, opened <laughs> it again, met someone, it went okay closed it again and I just and it's just like having to put myself out there was very difficult and I think if I had more experience with that I would be more comfortable dating right okay yeah. so so let's 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 take us back here do you mind if I ask how old you are because you said your 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 long relationship ended when you were 25 yes I am a baby I'm 26 okay <laughs> okay so let's go back to 25 year old Beatriz um, you just got out of your six-year relationship. Mm -hmm. Can you talk to us a little bit about what that was like? You know, maybe not as much going through the breakup, but kind of coming out of it and, like you said, kind of putting yourself out there and and online dating and stuff like that. Like what that was like. Yes. Um, so I did not date. We decided not to date people while we were living together, just to make it easier. But after I moved out, I went to Cuba by myself. And that was where I really got a taste of like, I went out dancing with the random person. And I was like, oh, this is fun. This is what, I guess, meeting guys is like. And then I came mm -hmm. back um, and I just opened. I was like, let me open a Tinder account. And it was just months and months of me trying to find people. <laughs> um, and then I went to an event one night for my friend and I end up meeting this guy and that's the guy that I'm with right now. Um, so so you even, didn't meet yeah. him online? I did not meet him online. And even while we were still getting to know each other, I was, you know, going on dates with other people cause it still wasn't defined. It was new. Um, but there was just the chemistry between us. That was very, it was hard for me. I tried not to compare it. Mm -hmm. But it was just really difficult because I would go out with someone else and I was always like, is there a chemistry? Is, you know, is this going to be worth it? Um, and I'm, I also have kind of high standards. I have a lot of radical views. And so I've had guys tell me, you're too radical, you're too intense. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, yeah, and, that's that's one of the kind of arguments against dating apps is you know, there's so many options that it's so easy to compare and maybe not give enough attention to something that could develop because 
you can just start swiping and find someone else the next day or, or you know, or you have three other dates scheduled that week. Could, could you talk a little bit about what it was like as a female being on the dating apps? Did, did you only use Tinder? I used Tinder at first um, and it was a lot of just guys, you know, we would match. So I liked that, that you had to match to like each other. And the conversations just pretty much died off. Um, I started speaking with this one guy and it turned out he was friends with my first boyfriend and I was like okay this is too weird then I started well the guy that I'm seeing now my boyfriend now he actually was like well why don't you try OkCupid because we're very open we've been open from day one in terms of communication and so I tried OkCupid I ended up meeting this really great guy there and we actually dated for a few months but it just didn't work out because I was training for a pole competition and I just didn't have enough time to see him, see the guy who's now my boyfriend and, you know, date around. So I just took a little bit of a break and then he got a girlfriend, but he and I are friends now. We chat and everything and he's doing really cool, like doing really well. Right. Okay. And and Mm -hmm. I definitely want to, in just a minute, get into the current situation um, but yeah. first, just because especially we, we do like to focus a little bit on the dating apps, can I ask you when you're on the apps like Tinder and stuff like that, um, what you're looking for in guys' profiles and then when you do match and do start a conversation, what are the things that you're looking for or what are the good conversations where you kind of know, oh, you know, this is a guy I'd want to meet with in real life? So one of the things I'm looking for is someone who has similar politics, similar views. So um, I am extremely liberal. I have a lot of queer, trans, non-binary friends. We're all people of color. Lots of us are immigrants. I look for someone who can really vibe and understand and be with people of different experiences and be respectful. That's my first thing because I'm very big on respect for all. Yeah, what, sorry um, to cut you off. What? How do you figure that, when, like when you're on Tinder, do you just straight up ask them early on what their kind of political uh, views are? Yeah, I also state in my, stated in my profile, because okay. I kind of disabled my accounts. I'm like, I don't tolerate homophobia, transphobia, racism, sexism, misogyny. Right. Like, and I was like, and if you're a Trump supporter, don't even bother contacting <laughs> me. <laughs> like, right. um, I have it very straightforward. And even then, guys still, and one of the reasons why I stopped OKC at first is because I was being flooded by messages, uh, flooded with messages by guys. And that was too much. Um and I, I, it was just a lot of inappropriate things. I also look for someone who I look at the pictures and I try to see like, does this person like to travel? Does this person like to cook? Does this person like to exercise? Uh, try to find uh, some common hobbies that we might have or passions. Right. Um, I also look at how much time they put into their bio. If they leave it blank or just have a few random things or they're very vague, like, oh, just, you know, swipe. I forgot what direction you swipe in now. Right. <laughs> um, swipe right. And, you know, <laughs> we will talk and find out more. I'm like, you don't really care about this. You're not taking this seriously. I'm not here to play games. So I don't even bother. So detailed bio, similar politics, and trying to find common hobbies. And sometimes they don't list them. So I try to see if in the pictures there might be some kind of sign. Right. Um, Okay, yeah. so that's good stuff, especially for guys on the apps who are looking for something serious yes. to take and a little bit more time and put it into that bio. 
Yes, and I don't like shirtless pics. Some people <laughs> do, I don't. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. And then let's say you match and you know, what are what are some of the standout conversations you've had with guys or like guys you did agree to end up going on a date with? What are the things that they did that kind of made the difference? Um, I think they were just for me, I'm just big on energy, but it was I don't like the cheesy one-liners right? or I kind of put pictures of me doing like street pole stuff, but it's not exactly on the pole. So a lot of times they don't know that I'm a pole dancer because I, re I reveal it later, but they'll be like, girl, you so strong and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then I can kind of start talking about what I like. So when they comment on something that was in my bio or in my pictures, I'm like, oh, they actually took the time to look through my profile and it's a more personal thing. So like, hey, I saw that you like that you really enjoy this book. You know, there's a movie coming out. Are you going to watch it? You know, and we kind of can talk about that. So I think when they find things from my bio or from my pictures and they kind of use that to personalize the message, it really makes a difference. Um, right. There was also someone that was just like, how are you feeling today? And I really needed that. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks for asking. So yeah, those are the ones that stood out to me. So kind of that personal touch, yes, so to speak. Okay, great. So then you're, you're doing some dating app stuff, having mixed, you know, feelings about it or, you know, different levels of success. And then you meet this friend of a friend who's now... Do, do I call him your boyfriend? Like, can yes, he, he's not my boyfriend. We are primary partners. But I actually met him right around the same time I started the online dating. Okay. So and what, he how was did like, that develop? How did that develop? Yeah. Uh, so we actually, it was, it developed really quickly. So I, he knew that I was dating around and he was kind of seeing someone, not seriously, but he was kind of entangled with someone. And, you know, but we just kept seeing each other. We hung out all the time. Because I was back at my mom's house, he really, I don't really have a lot of privacy because I'm sleeping on her couch. So he would invite me over like, hey, come to my room. He travels a lot for work, so he'll let me stay in his room. And he just provided a safe space for me. Um, and then he invited me down to where he's from to visit his family for the holidays. And that's when I was oh, like, wow. whoa, what's happening here? And I was how, like, how long have you been seeing each other at that point? Uh, about six months. Okay. But we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend because I asked him. He's like, yeah, no, we're not. You're just my really good friend. So I was like, okay, fine, as long as we're clear. But then were, were when I'm there... Were you guys hooking up throughout, if you don't mind me asking? Were we hooking up? Yeah. Yeah, we were. I was oh, practically... so you were a very good friend then. <laughs> we were very good friends. <laughs> yeah. And we had exchanged I love yous. We had traveled to Canada together, oh, wow. um, which was his first time leaving the country. It was great. But I was conflicted because I'm used to this being in like a serious monogamous relationship. And I was like, so what the hell are we doing? And he couldn't give me a straight answer. And then he takes me to meet his family. His family's like, oh, he loves you. We love you. I love them. We get really close. And then I, I just get to a point where I'm like, are you just wasting my time? I don't know what we're doing here. And we ended up having to take a two month break where there was no communication at all. After seven months, we took a two-month break because I just couldn't handle it anymore. Right. And um, Now, were, were, we were you still dating around at the time? Uh, I actually decided to dedicate that time to myself. Right, okay. Because I, 
I wanted to focus on me and just do what I needed to do for me. And I did like a pole performance. I had a few photo shoots. I just treated myself. Yeah. And then when we reconnected, we were like, let's just be friends. And then we realized, wait a minute. No, we, we want to see if we can work something out. And he was like, well, I'm not really willing uh, to be in like a monogamous relationship. I said, well, ideally I would like to be. And he was like, so what do we do? I was like, well, let's work something out. So we agreed to be primary partners and be boyfriend and girlfriend, but it's open. So there's the possibility of seeing other people. Um, and we have rules. I got to, he let me establish the rules. So that was the compromise. It was like, he's, you know, I'm compromising with the openness and he's compromising with my rules. And it's so far been okay. It's been a few months. We have monthly check-ins as well to kind of like revisit rules, see where we're going, how we're feeling, what do we need to change? Do we just stop seeing each other? And and that also has helped us communicate a lot better. Right. So I I definitely want to hear the rules, but I'd also love to hear how did serial monogamist Beatrice feel when, when you first agreed to this? This must have been, you know, you must have had a lot of conflicting feelings and thoughts and stuff like that. Yeah, it was a lot of feeling like, why? Like, at first, I didn't know for sure if he wanted to be open with me because A, he just wanted to, like, keep me around until he found somebody. Is he, Are we trying to work towards something? Is it just because he's scared? And then I, the feelings of, like, well, maybe I'm just not enough started creeping in. Um, which is a horrible feeling because a lot of, you know, monogamy is has become the standard, right? Even though it's changing now, but you're kind of, it put, it's put in your mind that, you know, this person is your all, is your everything. And so when I was no longer in that situation, I was like, am I just not enough? You know, right. am I not worthy? And I had to really process those emotions and thankfully because of the friends that I have I have friends who are poly and who are in open relationships and so they've helped me process a lot of what I'm feeling or what I was feeling right and that's been helpful yeah okay great and and so can we get into those rules that you set from the get-go yes <laughs> so the first rule was that obviously how, how many are there prim- hello yeah how, how many rules are there just so uh, I don't even know okay. right now. Okay, I don't, yeah. It's not a lot. I will count as I say them. Okay, so perfect. the first one is obviously we are primaries and we are boyfriend and girlfriend. That was like my first thing. Um, and that's, to me, that was just a, a rule I had to establish. Um, does to does everyone, primary, sorry for cutting you off, does primary okay. mean that you... Like you prioritize like the two of you, like the two, like your relationship comes first and and anyone else that anyone else sees is secondary. Okay. Yes. Yes. So we come first. Um, Everyone has to know that we are each other's primaries, including the people that we are seeing or hooking up with or dating, et cetera. Um, He, his rule was that he wants to know when I'm with someone, when I see someone because of my feelings and still learning to navigate this, I have a don't ask, don't tell rule. So if I don't ask you, don't tell me, um, unless it's something I really have to know, like something that could threaten our relationship, um, or obviously you wanna pursue something with this person, you don't wanna be with me anymore. And I had to do that for myself because 
during the seven months that we were seeing each other before that, I knew of people and it was just getting to be too much for me. So that's my rule. And so we have, I don't know if that counts as two separate rules, but yeah, it kind of sounds like it. That's, that's really interesting. So he wants to know when, like, even if you just go on a, on a first date type thing. Yes. He's like, I just, he's like, you you don't have to tell me details. We don't have to say names. Uh, I just want to know, like, if you go on a date, if you hook up with somebody, if we're seeing somebody, um, and And we get to ask questions, but we both agreed also another rule is like, we would respect the, we respect not just our privacy, but the other person's privacy. Right. Yeah. And and from your perspective, you would rather not know unless it's going to have, you know, a material effect on, on the two of your relationship. Yes. Or I ask, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just because, uh, he also has a complicated kind of dating history. And I know that there are some, he gets involved, long story short, he gets involved in these long-term situationships with people and never defines them kind of like he did with me. And then they end up moving on and he's hurt and devastated, but he, I don't think he really understands that it's like, well, people aren't going to wait around forever. So he has some loose ends that he has yet to tie with other people. And I know that he still talks to certain people from his past um, and he just hasn't found closure. So, um, so let's consider that rule two slash three. Yes. Because I think it's probably two, uh, two separate ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the privacy, obviously respecting everyone's privacy. Right. Um, we also agree not to post, uh, pictures of our other partners. Okay, I like that. On, on social media. Um, let's see. Oh, another one is uh, we have to. So we have to use protection in all of all forms when we are with other people, which makes it obvious like, oh, duh. But mm-hmm. some people really don't think of that. So that was something we had to establish. Right. Um, oh, no dating mutual friends. Or people in the same circles. Because he is a performer, it's a very small circle. And I actually went on a date with a guy who knows him and and doesn't really like him. (laughs) And I had to kind of like say, well, that's going to be weird because I can't have my secondary partner having, you know, negative feelings towards my primary partner. It could create tension. And the guy understood. But we just, once that happened, we decided, okay, no mutual friends and no people like, no like people like within the circle that's you know, are really close. Right. So, yeah. And I think for now that is it. Um, And then we have our first check-in this week because we do the first of the month and we'll see what other rules we need to add. Okay. So, so you haven't had a check-in yet? We did. We had our first, well, we had two check-ins because we got back together end of May, but then he was traveling so much for work. So then we had another one in like mid June and then we had one in July and we're going to have another one coming up. Okay, and, and what are those like? Uh, they're a little awkward because it feels forced, <laughs> but they're necessary. So I, because I'm a teacher and I'm a special ed teacher, I'm very big on like, okay, well, let's structure it. So I ask questions. It's usually me and he just answers. So I ask things like, so how are we feeling about the relationship right now? What is something you really like about it? What is something I really like about it? Okay, what are some questions that we still have? Um, Okay, and then we address those questions. 
uh, what are some things that we want to work on? And mm-hmm. going forward, like, what is the plan? And like, we establish like maybe a goal for the next check-in. Uh, we say, okay, let's add this other rule, or maybe let's revisit this rule. And we, it, that's kind of how it's been. Wow, that's uh, that's good on you guys. I mean, it sounds like it makes a lot of sense to do it that way. H- how would you say you're feeling about it now? You're a few months in. Um, are, are you more comfortable with it? Are you enjoying it? Uh, it comes and goes. It depends. Right. <laughs> because we don't see each other often since he travels so much. Um I mean, there are periods where we see each other all the time, and then there are times where we don't see each other for weeks, right? Mm -hmm. And so the times when we're apart for long periods of time, I really, like, the doubt and the jealousy starts to creep in. Um, And I'm just like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot, he's going to meet someone, he's going to leave me, he's going to fall for somebody else, or like, oh, my gosh, what if I meet someone, and then I, you know, we end up, you know, breaking up, and we're not friends anymore, and all this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I've learned to deal with it a lot better. A lot of times when I am feeling that way, I sit back and I'm like, why do I feel this way? You know, is it something that he's doing or is it something that I can take care of on my own? And a lot of times it's just me and my negative self-talk. So I will journal because I like to write mm-hmm. or I will call a friend and they'll help me kind of process that if it's something he's doing then i'll let him know like hey i don't like that you're doing this you know and he's always been very receptive since even before we started this whole arrangement he's always been very receptive to my needs and my wants and i feel that i've been the same you know with him so right it yeah but i just have to keep reminding myself a lot of times like you know, he does love me. He wouldn't be with me if he didn't want to be with me. He does show me that he cares. So I try to like focus on the positive and all the great things that we do together and that he does for me and that I do for him and kind of use that to frame it whenever I'm having those negative feelings. Right. And and are you in this with the goal of hopefully one day becoming monogamous or are you still searching elsewhere for that? Um. I entered into it that way and I made it very clear to him, but now I'm not sure. So when we first started, I told him, I actually gave myself a deadline. He doesn't know the deadline. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not really like a deadline. Like if we're not at this point, it's over. It's more a time for me to check in with myself and say, okay, do I really want this to become a monogamous relationship? Am I okay with where it's going and how it is right now? Or do I just need to move on? And that that will be, the at that point is where I'm like going to make a final decision for myself. And I told him I have the deadline. I didn't tell him the date because I know how he is. He's just going to be lingering in the back of his mind. Mm-hmm. But he keeps saying things like, well, you know, just you never know. And so there are times where he kind of hints at, well, maybe we'll become monogamous. Um but I tell him, like, don't give me false hope. Let's just see where things are going. I think I'm just really open to, like, if I find somebody else that I'm willing to be in a relationship with and be monogamous with, um, and that makes me really happy, then I will pursue that because I need to put myself first when it comes to, you know, who I'm going to be with for maybe the rest of my life because you never know nowadays. Um, but right now I feel really good. So I'm trying to put that whole like oh are we gonna end up monogamous you know question aside for now because I feel like that was very that can 
that actually does me more harm right. when I'm thinking of like, well, is this the, the month he's going to ask, you know, he's going to say, let's try monogamy. And then I'm just, it's going to be like a never ending cycle of me just being upset and resentful and doubting myself and hating him. And, you know, right. so, um, yeah, but ideally that's what I would like, but I understand that, you know, that might not be what he wants and I have to be fair to him and I can't put this expectation on him because people love um, at their, you know, to their own capacity. And I understand mm -hmm. that the way that he loves is different from the way that I love, but it doesn't mean that it's any less. Um, and I also want him to be happy. So if monogamy is really important for me and I just can't see myself being open for a long period of time, but he doesn't want that, you know, I have to be willing to say, well, I, then we just should not do this to each other, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. No, this is, this is really interesting. Just, just to kind of wrap up a little bit here, uh, Beatrice, for anybody interested in, or maybe starting out in an open relationship, what would be your biggest piece of advice? Really have clear boundaries um, on both parts. I think that's the most important part. You have to go in and you have to go into it knowing exactly what you need to feel safe and secure and the other person as well. Um, and then communicate. To me, mm -hmm. those are the two big things. Okay, that's great. And then in general, maybe, maybe back to serial monogamist Beatrice, what would be her advice for those looking for something serious? Oh, uh, I gotta put myself back in that mind. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make, make the quick switch. Uh, uh, for me, uh, well, I have this rule of like, I always, when I'm with a, you know, starting to get to know a person, I try to see myself five years down the line. And I think to myself, do I see this person fitting into my life, you know, and where I want it to be five years from now? And if yes, then I'm like, okay, so, and it's not guaranteed, but I'm like, okay, so then this is something I'm willing to pursue. And if not, then I'm like, okay, then this mm -hmm. isn't it. Um, my friend does have a good, a good rule. She goes, her, her, I guess, the way that she figures it out is if I were to get pregnant by this person tomorrow, how quickly oh would I run to Planned Parenthood? And that is <laughs> her, that's her thing. So she was like, is it a, a dash? Would I do a slow crawl? Would I walk? Would I just be like, hey? And so that's how she kind of gauges whether or not she's going to get involved with a person. <laughs> Jeez, that's, that's quite the perspective for sure. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah. great. This has been this has been really cool and really interesting just to kind of hear your perspective and your experiences. So I really appreciate you sharing all that information. Do you have anything left? Anything else you want to mention or anything to plug? Now now's the perfect time. Okay. Uh, well, I am working on a podcast with my boyfriend. Oh, um, wow. He is a poet slash social commentator. So the podcast is called Problematic or Naw. And on Instagram, it's problematic or not podcast. And it's basically going to be a little controversial. We're going to be talking about issues related to social justice, race, gender, class, sex, body shaming, cultural norms, and just having a discussion, kind of figuring out, like, is this problematic? Why is this problematic? And unpacking, you know, the impact, um, the intent and all of that stuff. And, you know, we're looking to have some really interesting guests on. 
so stay tuned we'll be launching in late september hopefully okay cool and and i'll throw a link up in the description uh thank you again beatrice really appreciate having you on thank you so much for having me okay have a good one you too thanks bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.